You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Bill Woodich. And Bill became the top salesman at a Fortune 500 company in less than two years, a top producer for two consecutive years at the sixth largest insurance brokerage firm in the world. And then he went on to creating his own multi-million dollar company. He's the author of Always Forward and Fail More, which were both top sellers on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. So today, just to tease the audience a little bit, we're going to talk about what you call your qualify method to close more sales. And as you guys are going to, he's going to fill in the gaps, but the letter in, every, in that word stands for something that is going to help you to close more sales for your business. So grab your pen and paper, take down some notes. Bill's going to dive into that. But before we do, give us a little bit of a backstory. I mean, you've got an interesting backstory. You came from corporate sales you migrated into your own business. You've had that business for over 20 years now. So give us a quick segue into that. Well, thank you. I came out of school and I had $200 to my name. It was $200 my mother gave me, 10 $20 bills. I had no car, couldn't tie a tie, and I had no suit. So she went off and bought me a, get a metal picture here, a light brown corduroy suit. That's all I had, right? My brother had to cinch my ties for me before I'd go to interviews found and fell forward into an interview with Liberty Mutual. They were the largest of their kind, the largest of the insurance companies that did direct writing. And out of 85 applicants, for some reason, still unknown, I got the job. And I learned early in that job that if I was going to be successful, I was going to have to have a lot of activity. You know, as a matter of fact, I opened up my desk and the former sales rep was fired. There was a small calendar. It said, activity rules success. And I thought, okay. Let me see what activity is happening here. Let me see how much more activity I can have to be successful. There's my guy. From there, I had a lot of conversations. I started to fail and fail and fail because those conversations were on a script. They were sales conversations, but I didn't know what the target was. So I was just trying to shoot blind, bringing in these quotes or programs. I didn't know where I had to be. I didn't know what the client wanted. I was just bringing in our program and thought, we're Liberty Mutual. We can do this. After all those failures, I learned the qualify method of how to succeed. Love it. So you learned, you designed this framework from your own failures based upon actually being in a sales role. What I love about that is that, you know, you're not pontificating or you haven't read some book or you're not following some other sales guru and you're coming up and you're just regurgitating, right? This is the strategy that helped you to number one, number one, become successful in your corporate job. And then you brought that over into your own business. You taught that strategy. You taught that framework to your team. And now you guys have grown a very successful business. Now, your business now is commercial insurance, correct? Yes, sir. How long have you been in that industry? 
About 31 years. All right. Tell me a little bit about that business. So, I mean, give me a sense of size, scope, revenue, whether it be employees or percentage growth or revenue, something. Help us to understand exactly what that looks like, whatever you're willing to share. Let me come back and give you tremendous credit and kudos for something that I'm a contrarian and I don't read business books from others, don't read sales books. I don't believe you can cut and paste thoughts and ideas from another. So thank you for that. I think you have to be authentic. You have to make your own way. And the way for me has always been through the heart and the mind of the buyer, not the wallet. So developing this program came really out of desperation because if I failed, I'd have to go back to Western Pennsylvania. You know how cold it is in Western Pennsylvania, snow shovel in my hand or working in a factory with a foreclosed future, which is what I did right out of high school. And so I had to find my own way. And I found that if I can connect with people, and I might not connect with everybody, but if I can connect with people and find out what it is they truly want through this process of qualifying, of asking those questions and understanding what they really want in their agenda, got a better shot to win. So it started out with nothing. We're living in a one-bedroom apartment with my brother. And through this process, became the top salesperson, moved to California, place of my dreams, always wanted to live at the beach, got it, had the cars and the material gains, but that's not the most important thing. That's nice for a scorecard, but most important, the intrinsic satisfaction for me comes from sharing this idea, this concept with others like your listeners so they can grow from it, so they can learn from it, so they can be themselves in this process and become more. The company today is roughly $100 million in revenue, and it is because of the efforts, the ideas, and the concepts of other people who have made this much better than me, and their driving force to create and do more for themselves and their family. Hey there, sorry to interrupt this episode in progress, but I have something really cool to share with you and I promise to keep it brief. I've decided to give away $100 this week to one of my growth experts listeners. Yep, that could be you. Here's all you have to do in order to qualify for the giveaway. Take a screenshot of your phone or any device for that matter showing that you're subscribed to my growth experts podcast and then text it to 716-218-8981. Again, that's 716-218-8981. This will get you entered into the contest and a chance to win the $100 just for listening. Number two, for more entries to win, for more chances to win, simply share any episode of My Growth Experts podcast on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter, but you have to tag me at Ask Dennis Brown in order for it to count as another entry. The more shares, the more entries. Okay, guys, that's it. For full details on this contest, go to askdennisbrown.com forward slash contest. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so listen, let's do a little bit of a dive into you. This is more of a personal question, and this is kind of an interesting question that I get a whole variety of different answers from depending upon the background. So you know, you obviously have a superpower, which is sales. You're very good at sales, right? That's what That would definitely be one of your superpowers. But what would be one business superpower you wish you had? Maybe something that you've seen other people have, something you wish you had. What would it be if you could pick any business superpower? Well, I'm going to give you a weakness. My weakness is math. So anything related to one and one equaling two, unless I have a calculator, I wish I had more of an analytical side to actually understand all of the flow of numbers. You know what my thing was? Look, I don't, if I can sell, I can hire people to do my math. So all through my life, I've had to make that bargain. If I was a better analyst, I would probably have a lot more money. So there it is. I don't have, that's a weakness. It's yeah, as a salesperson, here's the cool part. They always do your commissions for you and they just end up in your bank. So that, that works. 
No, you know how true you are with that? They told me at Liberty, if you don't look at your sales reports, man, you're missing a whole lot of money. You know what I said? I, maybe this is arrogance or idiocy. But I said, I'll just make more. And I just kept going. So yeah, just kind of made, made it to the bank account somehow. Love it. <laughs> you know? Well, listen, let's dive into this qualify methodology, this framework that we were talking about and that you've used and taught your team. So break that apart for us a little bit. Give us a little bit of a breakdown and then we'll go from there. By way of origin, I was sitting in my office and the sales manager for the district came in and said, what did you, why are you closing so much and everybody else is floundering out there in this quarter or during the course of the year? And I said, well, they don't know how to qualify. And he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. You, you give a presentation on qualify tomorrow. The Western region's going to be in San Francisco. You're going to be there. We're flying you up. We want you to do that presentation. I didn't have anything formal. So I thought, what's the easiest way? Here's a tip for anyone in sales. Make an acronym. Make something you can, when you're in a speech, giving a keynote or talking to a client, get a power word, make an acronym. And I made qualify. Q-U-A-L-I-F-Y. I just wrote it out and thought, they're not qualifying. So what's in this process? Well, first, Dennis, you've got to be able to ask the questions that bring you closer to understanding your buyer. Here is the biggest, most important thing I can say today. The most important question you need to ask your prospect is where are you from? Where are you from? Let them talk. It starts to lower that defense mechanism of them thinking you're like everybody else. The client wants to know, the potential client needs to know you care about them before they ever care about what you know. Let them talk. From there, you'll find out some connection. For instance, I know you grew up near Buffalo. You went to Buffalo. I like your color of your shirt. You start making similar connections and people want to do business with people they have a shared connection with. That's question. You, you have to understand. What are you in it for? What are you willing to give up to get? How much sacrifice are you willing to go through to get the reward? Do you understand their business? Do you understand their agenda? Agenda. Have you asked the questions of them that will bring you closer to understanding what they really want for their business? And the first sale you make is against their fear because people don't want to lose their illusion of certainty. They don't want to change. They want to stay where they are. You're selling against their 401k. You're selling against their self-esteem. You've got to bring more certainty to the equation and lower, lower the bar of uncertainty. Then that's all through asking those questions once you understand. If I did this, sir, if I did this, ma'am, Mrs. Buyer, Mr. Buyer, what if I did this? What would you do? And you get closer to understanding what it takes to win. Now, L is most important. You've got to listen. You've got to listen. You've got to be able to ask those questions and listen and ask other questions that bring you closer to the most important thing. Where is yes? Now, take the I and qualify. Put it to the side. Next is F. And every one of you need to always, always follow up. Follow up obsessively on the littlest things because it will separate you from those people who won't and don't. I call it think and do. Follow up. Follow up now with a sense of urgency. You separate yourself from the rest that won't. And you sell the why if and only if the integrity of the buyer is intact, meaning this. If I ask, you've been with your provider for 10 years, 6 years, 3 years, no matter what. If it was my buyer because of the service I provide. They would say, you're beaten by 10%, just match it, get close, do this. But if you ask up front and have this series of relationship-oriented questions, if we do this, Mr. or Ms. Buyer, do we have the order? And they say yes, 90% of the time, if you qualify correctly, you'll get it. But you can't qualify the integrity of the buyer. You can only experience it at the end. It's a long-winded way to say what qualify is. 
Yeah, I love that. And I love the acronym. I love the fact that each letter represents an important component of the process. So, you know, obviously everybody understands, you know, not everybody. Let's say that most people who've been trained in sales understand the power of having good questions, right? So let me ask you this. What's the difference between the type of questions that you might ask in this qualified method versus what a typical salesperson or what a lot of salespeople are trained to do? I mean, give me, give me a sense of that if you could. Differentiate the Q component. Good question. And the, you mentioned two words I wrote, I wrote down, process and power. And sales is a process because winning the heart is not a one-time event. If you win the heart in a one-time, you usually win the wallet in a one-time event. That's called price. But if you have a process that you're building a relationship with a client, that's not going to be an event bot. That's going to be relationship. My questions are this. I'm going to say, even though you have the best relationship and the best program, if you had one wish, what is it? Just one wish. What would you change about your program? What would you change about the service component? What would you change in this pricing model? 99% of the time, people will tell me what they would change. Now, you're working off of dreams, hopes, and aspirations. And I would also ask them, what is it you like the most? What's your favorite thing about this? What is it? That question really has to supersede the other question of what is it you change, even though everything you, you like this, it's good. What would make it and move your needle to great? Ask those questions and listen for the answer. Okay. And then you brought up in the, under the you, you said understand. And one of the things that I see, tell me if I'm right or wrong or what your experience has been, understand. I think that one of the biggest mistakes that salespeople make, you know, when sitting down with a potential prospect or maybe just, you know, getting a referral or whatever the case may be, you know, is that they don't do their homework, right? Uh-huh. They go into the sales call, assuming that all businesses are the same and that, oh, well, they're in the steel business, so they do this, or they're in the pizza business, so they do this. And they make assumptions rather than doing their homework. And I see that time and time again. And some people, sales managers and companies will even say, listen, you don't have time to do all this homework. You can't do, you can't spend hours doing research. But I think that understanding component really differentiates salespeople because when you can go in and talk specific about their products, about their leadership team. You know the CFO's name. You know the CEO's name. You know a recent press release. I mean, tell me, that's always been my approach. What are your thoughts on that? Huge. And I'll tell you my weakness. I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you. At Penn State, I learned that prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. That's all I really took away. And I went against that. And I tried to just go in there and win sometimes just based on a certain charismatic approach. And I got my butt handed to me because I wasn't prepared. And favor always, always is in the corner of those people who are most prepared. I learned that the hard way. What you're saying, I learned the hard way. I'm 100% in agreement that you have to do the work. And the sales manager that says you don't have the time doesn't know that you don't have, you're not on the clock when it comes to sales. You make the time outside of that day where you have to engage your clients to do that prep work. And I always found connections like I found with you, where you're from, where'd you go to school? How did you get here? How did you get to this position? This is a great, great spot. You came from here. You did this. You know, how did you do that? When you ask the how questions like that that are personal, they start talking. And that was probably the thing I learned the most. I wasn't prepared. After getting your ass handed to you about 13 times in a row, you learned to do the work. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love LinkedIn. Like everybody on the podcast that's listening to this knows that LinkedIn is like my home away from home, right? You can, within 
60 seconds, look at somebody's profile, you know their geography, you know their last job, you know how long they've been working at the existing company, you know content that they've published, you know influencers they follow. I mean, you know, you have like a very quick profile of what that person is and that can generate some great questions and some great understanding that's going to you know, obviously develop that relationship and that rapport very quickly. Awesome. Think, All right, let's think, let, about, let, think, think about this. What, what you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what no. you have in your hand or in your lap, what you have right there is a choice. Ignorance is a choice. Today, ignorance is a choice. You can find everything you need to find out right there. Yeah. I call it sales intelligence, right? Sales intelligence, just that little bit of data that you can gather prior to the conversation that's going to help enhance the opportunity to make a sale. That sale might be just the relationship and a you know, making a good first impression. That sale may be closing a multi-million dollar deal, but ultimately that sales intelligence is really important. All right, well, listen, is there anything else you want to add about the qualify method, particularly about that framework or that strategy that you teach or coach or have used yourself? I think this, and this might come off a little bit tough, but this is where the rubber really meets the road in sales is that the quote is for average. And if you're working off a quote, you're going to start, you're going to eventually lose. And what you need to do is to have as much activity, intelligent activity directed toward a, a result. And that result is most, more or less determined by having a target that's not a pub dartboard where we're just throwing darts and guessing, making assumptions, as you would say, as to what we have to do to win. Qualified will refine all those variables to get to the point that if we do this, we then have this account. But you have to have the activity to wean through those people who are suspects and won't answer your questions, who don't want to be partners. They just want to get your price and share it and get the lowest price. Those are not the customers you want. So you have to have an activity, a pipeline. And from the activity, you have to have the moxie be brave enough to ask those questions because that will eventually turn out to be either a time suck or time well invested. Love it. Well, listen, let's pivot really quick. Because you've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, you know, you've had a lot, you wrote a book called Fail More, right? So I want to talk about that for a second, not necessarily the book, but how failure has played a role in your life and your business. So describe to the audience, talk about one of the most painful failures you've ever had in business. Because I I mean, for me, it's always in the back of my head. I mean, I remember it vividly, but for you, what would it be? I think Churchill said, success is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. So I have a litany of them. But if I'm going to go the most painful one, not only in the pocketbook, but to the ego, it's when I acquired a substantial firm in San Diego and did all the vetting, took about a year and a half, ran it with all the accountants, all the people that did math, stuff I can't do. And they came to me and they said, you know, you know, this makes too much sense. Now, now think about that. This makes too much sense, Bill. You need this presence. This is great. They've got the right, the right stuff. This is it. Big, t- big explosion. It's going to double your size. You're going to scale fast. In, implied in that sense thing was it was all head. So the numbers made sense. But you know, I went against my gut because in my gut, it just didn't feel right. Going against my gut, that thing blew up in six months. It was an abysmal failure. And I lost seven figures because I went against my instincts. And it made sense on paper. It made sense from the rational brain. But my most painful experience was putting these big announcements out all over the United States. This is what we're doing. We're combining forces. We're becoming bigger. And everybody was cracking champagne. And I just thought, something just doesn't feel right. And six months later, those uh, they came home to roost. That's my most painful failure. 
Yeah, I can see it. I can see it in your face. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's not only tough to your pocketbook, but like, again, to your ego, to your brand, to the reputation you've built up. I mean, that's a painful mistake. But you know what? It's one of those things where, again, you know, you have to fail more, fail forward, that concept. And I'm sure, you know, that's what's fueled a lot of your growth and good decisions that you've made moving forward from that point. So, all right. Well, listen, is there anything else you want to add? I got a couple more questions and then we're going to wrap it up for today. I'm going to say this, no matter what you're doing, when you're walking into Qualify, when you're walking into any place today, your first thing that's going to show up at the door, Dennis, is your confidence. You've got to be confident in who you are. Even if you don't have a great grasp of product, be confident in who you are and exhibit the ability to show others that you will bring that competence with you. See, confidence and competence are partners, but the first thing people read is competence. Now, if you're only competent but don't have confidence, bring people with you who can open the door of confidence. People want to partner with people who are confident and competent, but the first thing they read is your confidence. And I'll say this, ego with talent is perceived as confidence. Ego without talent, man, is nothing but arrogance. Be the one that is talented and confident. Grow your skills. That's kind of my takeaway. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you two final questions. Do them rapid fire if you would. One is, what's your favorite growth tool or software? Maybe an app or some sort of a SaaS product. I mean, I know your role in, the, in your commercial insurance business has changed, but things that you do now in your current business, what's your favorite growth tool? We use a lot with Salesforce. I don't know if that's what- That's you know, a great that's tool, platform. yeah. That's- We're really able to expand on and really, really prepare. As you would say, prepare. Salesforce helps us prep. Love it. And besides your book, Fail More and Always Forward, what would be a book that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe something that helped you along in your journey you think might help them? Best book for your journey is the book that all the greats, and I'm not one of them by any stretch of anybody's imagination, I just follow them in this way, is Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. Whether you're Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar, that's the first book they read, they wrote, they talk about. It's all about your attitude, what can happen and what they can't take away. That is a defining, defining book. I would urge you to get that book. And it's the first time any guest has ever mentioned it. So I definitely recommend it. Hey, listen, Bill, I really appreciate you being here. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about what you got going on, maybe get a copy of your book, and then we'll wrap it up for today. You can find me at Bill Woodich, W-O-O-D. I-T-C-H, or BillWoodich.com. That's W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H. Look forward to it. Love it. Listen, I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Hey, man, you ask great questions. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.